All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, we have my dear friend, Regina. Say your last name for me, Regina, so I don't butcher it. Andler. Andler. Right. Andler. Andler. Okay. It's like Adam Sandler without the oh, S. Without the S. Andler. I know there's a hyphen in there. Um, but everybody, I just want to give a background how I know Regina, one of our dear friends that we had as a coach and mentor, uh, one of my good friends, uh, you heard me talk about it on the podcast before, worked together. We all were on the same team. His name was Lonnie Robinson. Uh, he passed away in March of COVID. Uh, I've known Regina now almost probably over a year now. I don't know how long we've been on the, we call our team what's called the Digital Marketing Mavericks. And we've known each other for, you know, for the work that we do and the people that we have surrounded ourselves with. And Regina's got an interesting story. She's got a cool background. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and uh, who she is and what she does. Thanks, Max. So I, I'm a life strategist. And what I do is I basically help people live their best lives. People who are just trying to figure out, struggling, figure, trying to figure out where to go next and that kind of thing. That's what I do for a living in a nutshell, right? right. Uh, my background is uh, very wide and varied. And it started with tech way back when, and I was in tech for 30 plus years and my passion was really helping people. And so I went on my own journey Excuse me. as I was one of those people who are very much like the people that I help now of the person who's struggling, trying to figure out, oh my God, there's gotta be more to life than this, right? Am I, am I just gonna be stuck on the same hamster wheel forever and ever, or am I going anywhere? And so I started searching for myself to figure out what I, was, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to do it with and, and everything else. And it kind of morphed into what I'm doing now. And that was over 15 years. And in that time frame, I worked with the Jack Canfield stuff. If anybody doesn't know who Jack Canfield is, he's the guy who started out his career writing the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Yeah, I think everybody's so going to know who know that Jay, is. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people know Jack through that. If you don't know Jack, don't know Jack. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> sorry, just had to throw that in there. <laughs> and then I also, in the process, became certified in positive psychology because I became so interested in not only trying to figure out my own stuff, but then I really wanted to help other people because I knew I wasn't just that unique person that, oh yeah, I'm the only one who has a problem. I'm the only one who's struggling. I'm the only one who has this crap going on. It's not true. A lot of people are in that spot. And I became very passionate about helping them in the same way without having to go through 15 years of trying to figure it out. <laughs> right. I get it. And that's interesting that you say that because, you know, we've had that talk about this. You've even helped me right? Overcome some challenges because we don't realize sometimes how ingrained like the negativity is in our, our brain, right? Especially the subconscious. Like I remember having a conversation with you and you'd say like, look, you just said it again, or, you know, we're gonna, so I said, okay, Regina, we need to fix this. Cause you're right. I mean, I've been, and I'm not trying to come up with excuses, but you know, being sober almost 18 years, you would think I would, get rid of that stuff. But you and I know that it's an ongoing process. It takes practice with anything, right? Like 
playing baseball or football, you know, sports, you know, it takes practice, 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 right? So I can't just go through one sitting with Regina and go, okay, I'm cured, or like go to one meeting and say, okay, I'm cured of my alcoholism or my drug addiction, right? But it was very interesting to go through that with you because it taught me like, wow, how ingrained was that stuff that I didn't even like, it just comes out. Like, I don't even mean to say certain things, but it just comes out. And, you know, Regina pointed out one time, she goes, yeah, that's just the stuff that's so embedded in your subconscious that it overrides everything else, right? So that's like positive psychology, right? The, the law of attraction, we learn to, we can change that, right? So let the audience know like, like, what were some of your challenges as you went through this process? Because I'm sure you didn't just start and go, okay, I'm cured of all my negativity. Let's, um, you know, like how it has, tell the audience, like how that challenge has showed up for you and how you overcame it. Yeah, sure. So, so there's multiple spots there. And I'll start with the first one, which is when I really learned the, um, the rule of life of 100% responsibility. And... Right. You know, we spend most of our lives blaming and complaining our situation, the people around us and all this other stuff. I don't have enough money or my parents, you know, you know, were, were bad to me. I didn't have the best parents. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Oh my God. Everything just keeps coming in. And I, ha I had my story too. And I had all this stuff. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, if it wasn't for this, I'd have this. And if it wasn't for this, I'd be happy. If it wasn't for this, I wouldn't be doing this. It, you make up all of these excuses and blame and complain all the time. And you only do that when you're not taking 100% responsibility for your life. And it's an art, taking 100% responsibility for your life. Some people like that I work with, they're, they talk to other people who are like, oh yeah, just start taking 100% responsibility for your life. Stop blaming and complaining everybody and you'll be good. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. It's like I you know. said. I learned like, the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, it, it doesn't. It's like you go back to old habits. You go back to doing what you were doing. You, you fall back into patterns. And so it's really an art of taking 100% responsibility. And that was the very first thing I had to learn. I was that person who had, you know, all this stuff going on it, from bad relationships to, to, you know, yeah, yeah. One, one thing that we never talked about, Max, is that I, I, I've been known to binge drink at times. And I know okay. we've never had that conversation. I don't no. anymore, but <laughs> I was known to in the past. That was kind of what I went to when I was like, screw this, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And, right. and it was... You know, I, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic, though we do have a lot of alcoholism in our family. And I never really put two and two together. And I was like, you know, you're going out and you're doing this. Like, it's like, okay, great. You're not drinking every day. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, screw this. I'm done with the world. And you go out and you binge drink. And right. it's like, you know what? Maybe you do have something going on here. And when I started taking hundred percent responsibility for my life, that was when I finally went, huh, what am I doing? This needs to stop. And I started to own it and I, I, and I did it, but it didn't happen overnight. It was like a process. And what you were talking about a little while ago about some of the stuff that we were working on and, and chatting about was those limiting beliefs. 
So it was all that stuff in my subconscious. It was like, well, there's a bunch of alcoholics in my family. You know, my, I have an aunt who is, oh gosh, she is, I want to say 42 years now, not drinking. And okay. our family is a combination between Irish and German. <laughs> Oh yeah. So a lot of drinking in both those uh, cultures. Go figure, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I remember her anytime we had a family party before she went to the party, she would go to a meeting just to keep her focused and where she was. And I always admired her for that. I was like, you are the strongest person I know because you know, you have something going on and you're controlling it. You're taking a hundred percent responsibility. And so I grew up with the stuff like in my head with these beliefs going, oh yeah, well, we're Irish and German. We're supposed to be doing this. Or, you know, this is the way things are supposed to be. You know, dad taught me this. So this is the way it works. You know, all of these things that we come up with in our head, it's not just taking hundred percent responsibility. It's then, like you said, it's like you automatically react in certain ways and you don't even realize that you're doing it. Because those beliefs and everything are like weighing your subconscious and what's in your subconscious, you're not really conscious about, for lack of better terms. It's not in your, in your conscious. You just automatically react. You automatically respond. However, that looks to you. And until you get rid of the limiting belief in your subconscious, it's not going to go away. So it's, it, it became for me, the process over those 15 years, I actually learned from scratch how to remove all that stuff and how to get to where I am now. And then I was like, you know, now that you figured it out, let's That's see who, to go can, help. Right. Yeah, who, who else can I help and, and have it so they don't have to take 15 years trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Um, but that's, see, that's what's cool about the process, right? We learn and I, I'm still a work in progress, right? Like I did an interview with someone recently where I found myself saying the same things you know and I'm like wait a minute like here I go again right it was just so automatic um but I'm learning right I don't get mad at myself like you say and go screw it that's just who I am right I'm uh I'm almost done and 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 it's been a long process but I'm back to almost finishing this book called Extreme Ownership by two Navy SEALs right which is what you're saying is just going it doesn't matter where I am, whether it's the military, whether it's in business or just in my personal life, that I have to own everything that I like. I'm responsible for me and I got I can't blame any. You know what I mean? Like, I can't blame my dad who passed away when I was young. You know, that's like like how, you know, but at 11 year old kid, I did. It was like, how dare you break a promise? And, you know, and they kept those things like I the negative self-talk, right? I wasn't worthy of his love or you know, this, or, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like everything is everybody else's fault and it's their fault because I became an addict, you know, until I owned all that stuff, I couldn't stay sober. Right. And then, and I'm saying like, people have their different paths to recovery, whatever that looks like. But the common thread is, is when someone owns all their stuff and says enough is enough, this is nobody's fault, but mine, I have to fix it. Right. Then they go and seek out people like Regina, like, hey, Regina, you know, yeah, I admit this stuff, but I need your help. How do I change those limiting beliefs? How do I get rid of them? So like tell the audience like what you like kind of give a what a session might look like 
with you and a client that has some serious self-limiting beliefs? Well, well, first, I just want to point out that you, you got yourself to that point, which is the first step, the first major step in the 100% responsibility. And that is the now you recognize when you say something, when you respond a certain way, you're like, whoa, you, you do it. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. Why did I right. just do that? And you <laughs> right. catch yourself. But that is the first step really in the 100% responsibility. So when I'm chatting with people, really the first thing I do is listen and find out where they are. Because when people are telling me their story, I can tell, are you caught up in the drama? Are you caught up in the blaming, complaining? People are always like, oh, get rid of the drama, get rid of this, get rid of that. Yes. If that's where your head is though right now, it's really, you just need somebody to hear you where you are. And then yeah. you can start picking out, okay, great. I, I, I get, here's what's going on. And then when I work with people, I, I start asking them questions and, and say, okay, what I want to know, and this comes from the positive psychology side of things, just digress for a second. Think about clinical psychology uh-huh. and think about the, the stereotypical clinical psychology. You go in, you sit down, maybe lay down. I don't know if people lay down anymore. <laughs> <on the couch. laughs> right. I don't know if they do that anymore. I could have on a couple occasions when I did that, but yeah, you, you, you go in, you sit down and what do you do? You start talking about everything that's going wrong. You, you talk about everything that's bad and it's like, oh, okay, I get that. So what else is wrong? What else are you worried about? What else is stressing you out? In a positive psychology world, I want to hear where you are and because all of that stuff matters because it's there, but I don't want to dwell on it. So my next question is, okay, great. I understand there's a bunch of stuff going on. Now, tell me what's working well. What's going good right now? Tell me all the stuff that's going good because there's always stuff going good. It might be a small thing. It might be a really small thing. You know, for somebody who is, you know, working on, you know, AA, it might be a, hey, I'm three days recovered. I'm 10 days recovered. I'm one month. I'm 10 months. I'm a year now. It's a great, this good stuff going on. Yeah, there still might be other stuff that's not so great going on. And that's okay. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to address it from the opposite side, from the let's make more of what's good and focus on the what's working good part. And that's where you start retraining your brain. Because in the the terms and and words of law of attraction, which I personally feel is a very overused term these days, (laughs) think of it as physics 101, right? Like energy attracts like energy. So if you want to attract more positive and change, positive change in your life, you need to start attracting more of that. You can only attract it if that's where you are. So when we start focusing on what's good, you start attracting more that's good. If you keep focusing on the drama, what's going on, the bad stuff, the blaming, the complaining, that's what you're going to get more of. So that's how I work with people. Well, I agree though, right? Because I know... Well, like for me, I can only use myself and I only going to use myself as an example. Like in the beginning, it was all negative. Right. And it was everybody else's fault, you know, even God's fault. Right. So I remember having conversations with my 
sponsor, right? Well, if this loving God loved me so much, why would he take my kids away? And why would he put a nice guy like me in jail? And my sponsor would laugh and just go, look, you gave those kids away. You know, you put yourself in jail. Matter of fact, he had me do writing assignments and I would figure out like, okay, well, really that God did love me because he took me out of a situation and I may have not have liked it, right? So here's how the positive psychology works for me. So I may have not have liked it, but he put me in a safe place where I knew, he knew I would be safe. And it took me a while to get what he was trying to do and what you teach and stuff like that. Because, you know, when you're, when you, like for myself, for so many years, it was nothing but negative. That's all you know, right? Until I started doing this, um, this work like you teach and, you know, in my AA program to change my life, you know, luckily I had mentors that I always would say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but tell me what's good that's going on in your life. Little I did, I realized they were trying to re redo my brain, like brainwash me as they would say, right. And get rid of that stuff. But, you know, as my sponsor said, it's not, it's, it's progress, not perfection. And you just keep doing the best. But I kept finding myself going back to those old programs where it was like, you know, I didn't even know Regina, but it could be like in my head, it's Regina's fault that like, this didn't work out because whatever, she's too happy. And you know what I mean? Like I, my brain would go to those places, but you know, luckily we had people like Chris, we have currently like people like Chris Whitehead, Brian, Steve Gamlin, you know, people that we still run with, um, with that we had Lonnie that always taught us to believe, like talk about someone that was big into positive psychology without, without knowing it was Lonnie. Right. Cause I know he told you, cause he told me on was always to believe, right. Believe that you could do it. Just, you just have to go do it, whether it's perfect or not, just go do it. Um, so what I learned from Regina when I went through some training with her and rewiring of my brain is just like I have to keep practicing that and catch myself so that I can continue. Because the more I catch myself, the more I, I'll stop before I tell Regina, well, I'm not good enough to do this podcast with you. So let's do it another day. You know, I'm just a big example of how my brain would work sometimes. And um, so I appreciate the work that you do. Um but let's tell the, okay, so now the audience knows exactly what you do, who you are, like give them some of the, I mean, we talked about it, you hinted, you didn't get into detail, but let's, and you can go as deep as you want, like what are some of the toughest challenges, right, because I like to, to share with the audience, with my guests, their challenges, my challenges that you had to go through that, that actually who makes you who you are today, like, because some people don't want to talk about that stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll put mine up. So if people are watching the video on this, it says, this little sign says I am worthy and it's in front of me all of the time. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, even with what I do today and everything else. And I help a lot of people. There was a time when I just, like you said, it was, uh, why would people listen to me? What, what do people, my, my voice isn't important. My, um, what I have to share is not important to anybody. It's not important to yeah, even me. So why am I even bothering with this? And I brought myself down a, a really deep rabbit hole for a lot of years. And that came actually that it stemmed from it, it, This is not a blame. It's it stemmed from taking care of my parents. And then after my dad died, I took care of my mom. And the thing was, is that I gave my all 
to taking care of her. And in the process, I stopped taking care of me. Right. And then after she passed, what happened was because that was where all my energy was going. And now I didn't have any place to go there. I said, well, you know, why am I here now? Apparently I've done my job. I took care of mom. There's no reason for me to be here anymore. I, I did my job. And I, I literally had moments, Max, I know we haven't talked about this, but hmm. I had moments at that time where I was like, so am I catching a disease? Am I getting cancer? Um, how are you taking me out? I'm done. Right. Right. No, I, and, I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Get that. And I, I wasn't suicidal or anything, but I was just like, okay, I'm done. There's, there's nothing else for me. I'm not worthy of anything else. I, I did my job. And so apparently it's time for me to be done in this life. And that was kind of where my brain was. And all of a sudden, you know, I was, I was actually taken in by some people who, you know, do what I do. And, and Steve Gamlin, we talked about him, you know, he, another one, he, good friend, you know, out there with the, you know, keeping my head up and, and everything else. Cause we all need that at some point. And it took me a while to figure out, no, I'm worthy. I actually do have a voice and I need to be heard. And one of those things that you and I had talked about with your stuff was that whole concept of the limiting beliefs. And I actually have a process now for removing the limiting beliefs. I know you know about it. Um, yeah. The golden nuggets for removing limiting beliefs. And the first one is, is to actually recognize that you have them because everybody has them. They just don't realize it all the time. Some people are like, right. I, don't, I don't have those things. Some right. people know that they have them but don't really know what they are or what to do with them. Other people are like, yeah, no, that, that, that's not me. I just, I, my life is just crap. It's just stuff happens to me all the time. All this stuff, you know what it's, I'm, I just attract this stuff. It ha- attracts to me all the time, all this bad stuff. And that's just the way my life is. That is all caused by limiting beliefs. And that's what I had. So I had these limiting beliefs that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't able to do certain things. And then I really got into where did that come from? Which is the first nugget is figuring out that you actually have them and accepting that. The second nugget in my process is identify them and then identify the source. So it's not just enough to go, oh, wow, you know, it's like, you know, I'm a jerk magnet. I had a lot of bad relationships growing up and I was that person. Every single relationship was the same type of guy. And they did drugs. Some of them were abusive, whether it was mentally or physically. I mean, and, and I would leave that one, go to the next one, leave that one, go to the next one. And it was like, well, why am I, why am I staying in this pattern? It was all because of limiting beliefs. I wasn't worthy of a good relationship. I wasn't worthy of a relationship where that person wouldn't do that kind of stuff. And I was used to it. You know, we talk about being in your comfort zone and that kind of thing. And you know, you're the creator of your life. You, you talked about that. And when I talk about hundred percent responsibility, it's all about, you're the creator of your life. Everything that you've created to this point right now, just it, that is what it is. But the best point part of knowing that you're the creator of your life is that at any time you can end the old chapter and start a brand new one and start writing it over again, the way you want it to be. So that's the best part about being the creator of your life. So as the creator, once you identify them and figure out where the belief came from, that's keeping you stuck in this pattern or keeping you doing the things that you don't want to do. Now that you know where it is, now 
you can go on to what I call my step three, which is the basically getting rid of them. It's the, it's, it's really, you're the creator. Now you are the only one who can get rid of that limiting belief. And how you do that is you write a new story. So you end that chapter and go, okay, now I know, I know where I came from. I'm going to write a new story and start a new belief, a new, more empowering, positive belief for where I want to go in my right. next chapter. And, and that's, you know, I mean, that was a process I had to go through. And honestly, it's like people don't have just one limiting belief. There's not one limiting belief that caused you to do, um, caused you to be in relationships, yeah. bad relationships, or caused you to drink or caused you to do drugs, caused you to do whatever it is, whatever it is that that negative thing is there's not just one limiting belief, there's multiple. And it's, it can be challenging if you're trying to do it yourself to figure out, well, how do I deep dive down into that subconscious and figure out what you're doing and, and, and try to rewrite the story because you know, until you actually find the source of where the belief came from, you're just gonna keep repeating the same patterns and the same the same stuff over and over and over again. You're Absolutely. never going to get rid of it until you get to that bottom po- point. And then you can go, now I know where it came from. That's not true for me anymore. Right. That's, that's, that's the old story. I'm, I'm not even onto a new chapter. I'm onto a new, I'm onto a new book. Forget about the old, you know, forget about that old story. I'm, I'm writing a new book. Forget about the new chapter. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was the process when I figured out where it came from. I remember was remember I told you all had something to do with because I did I used the calculator and because <laughs> I did that, I sucked at math. Right. And I told myself, and it was funny, I told myself that over and over, but I graduated with my bachelor's. And guess what? One of my courses was statistics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you asked me a problem now, would I remember? No. But I ended up passing, right? But like Regina helped me get and identifying was the key for me, right? Because at first I tell, I don't know, I don't know. Hmm, let me think. Okay, I think this is where this comes from. And one of the things we worked on was, you know, not being good at math or whatever. Um, which, you know, that when I look back, thank you for helping me through that. But when I look back, that just that one, right? affected me till now you know what I mean till we worked on that like till I was 53 freaking years old like I let something that really shouldn't have affected me affect me for so many years which like what we do right and 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 we you know we go on and we post in Facebook or we do a live video or whatever and I know because I'm like you I hate being in front of the camera sometimes you know I just do it because I was told that's what we need to do um but, you know, we're not going to be successful if we keep living in those limiting beliefs, right? And thank God. Here's the thing, though, what I have found out through this journey is like God has put people like you in my life, Lonnie, Chris, you know, uh, the network, you know, that I belong to a bunch of amazing people that are such givers, right? So what I had to tell myself is like, if I really wasn't that worthy, like would I be having this conversation with Regina? No, I wouldn't because I'd be out doing my own, you know, what I used to do. Um, so it's, it's Regina helped me immensely on that, but sometimes it creeps back in. And we, what we call that is right. Is that imposter syndrome? Cause we see, cause you and I know there's some very successful people we see on Facebook. Right. And we have to, 
kind of wade through the ones that are BS and the ones that we know because we know them personally and, and then not let ourselves go, well, you know, I'm not a Lonnie Robinson. I'm not a Chris Whitehead because both of those two gentlemen would go, you belong here as much as we do. Right. Mm-hmm. So the work you do is, is absolutely needed. Um, you know, I'm grateful that you're here with me today. So, you know, uh, the book I wrote, right. Fearless happiness. I like to ask a couple questions of my, my, uh, my interviewees, you know, my guests, um, what is fearless, right? Because it sounds like I'm going to preface this to the audience. I'm going to let the audience know she's a badass, right? She does these tough mutters. So like Regina to me is like a badass as she shows pictures of her doing these tough mutters. And I'm like, I got to catch up to Regina because this is ridiculous. (laughs) Right. Um, but you know, she practiced what she preaches, right? She's out there. She, you know, she has a wonderful life. Uh, but, but tell the, tell the audience what you think fearless means to you and how, how does that show up in your life today? You know, especially using positive psychology, right? I mean, fearless is going to be a part of our lives. I had a conversation with Chris one time and he says, will we ever be fearless? He goes, probably not, but we do the work anyway. So what does that mean to you, Regina? So, so fear, fearless to me, means a bunch of different things. And I just want to point out for you and your audience here that for the record, we are only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of heights. Those are the only two fears that we're born with, both of which you can overcome Mm -hmm. as an adult, but those are the only ones we're actually born with. Every single other fear that you have ever created in your head, you've created in your head. Right. Or it's learned, correct? You, or it's taught to us. Like you, you have learned, to fear this. Taught, yeah. Yeah. When we talk about those beliefs, you know, your beliefs are pretty much created between the, the depending on who you talk to. Some say between the ages of one and eight, and um, other ones say between ages of three and eight. They're created when you're young. So, or by some experience that you have, your fears. Right. So to me, fearlessness to me means... I've completely broken free of any fear because every time I, every time I feel any kind of fear and I'll, I'll, I'll use the obstacle stuff since you brought it up, I did a race this past weekend. <laughs> See what I mean, audience? She's badass. I just love her. She's a badass. And, and I literally got onto one obstacle and I went, hmm, I'm not sure if I'm going to get across this. I've never done it before in a race and it's pretty high off the ground. So if I fall, I have a real chance of getting hurt. And I got up onto the little platform, which got me high enough so I could get on the obstacle. And I was like, you know what? You've trained for this. You're strong. Get out of your head and just go do it. And I crossed the obstacle and I'll tell you, it was the best feeling whatsoever. It was best feeling more than anything, mostly because there was a whole bunch of young guys. I'm 58 years old this year. And there was a bunch of young guys. They, they couldn't have been more than in their 30s best that were right. coming up behind. And I watched, I, I was waiting for a friend of mine to go through it after I did. I, right. I succeeded. I got all, I got to the end. I rang the bell. I was like, holy crap, I just did that. How did I do that? This is awesome. It was all because I got the fear out of my head. So right. for fearlessness and I watched a bunch of these guys go through afterwards and they all fell off. And then this one guy comes walking up and he had seen me 
go across. He was watching me and he, he couldn't have been out of his twenties. He looked really young. And I just looked back at him. I said, seriously, you're not going to let an old lady like me show you up on this thing. Are you? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And he went across and he struggled and he got down. He high-fived me. He finished it. He goes, you were the inspiration I needed to to, to get across that. He goes, I was scared. I was going to fall. Right. And I said, just get it out of your head. The fear is created by you. And if you realize that, and then you go, if I'm creating this fear, I can also take it on and own it and be the controller of it and go do it anyways. To me, that's what fearlessness means. That's, and that's awesome, right? Because uh, you're right. The only two fears that we're born with is the fear of falling and fear of heights. And, you know, I've overcome both of those kind of in extreme ways. Right. So, um, and I struggle with the, the heights one for a long time. But I remember when I went through the fire academy, they had us do things where it was like, I didn't want to tell them I was scared to death to do this. Right. But I had to do it. Um, like one example. And I think it was on that was part of my process of overcoming fears. Right. Was during the process of going through the academy, they have this section where it's you work with ladders. Right. It's all stuff on the engine. Right. So what they did was. They took a 35 foot ladder, extended it fully. And the only thing that we're hoping is four ropes held by two guys, you know, four guys total holding it straight up. So to overcome that fear, they had you climb all the way to the top. You had to lock in with one leg and then lean back as far as you can and had to say something about your, you know, whatever. And I remember looking at a couple of guys that were like, as they would get close to the top, you could tell they were freaking out. And I just kept telling myself, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, I'm not even going to look down. I'm just going to look straight as I go up, but you know, you're putting your faith one in four human beings. You barely know. And two, you're at 35 feet. It's going to hurt if you lean back and it falls, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then I jumped out of airplane. So, but you're right. Like being fearless doesn't mean you have fear. It means you're going to do it despite your fear, like a tough mutter or going through that obstacle and, um, you know, doing stuff like this, like I remember, you know, Lonnie would give us stuff and we all talk about it and we all would be on the Zoom call looking at each other like he's crazy. Like, you're going to make me do that. Really, Lonnie? Come on, man. And Chris would be like, just do the work. And, right. But sometimes we need our cheerleaders, you know, and, and I know Regina is one of my biggest cheerleaders and I'm her biggest cheerleader because we just you know, we've gotten to know each other over the past year and and we love what each other does. And so I'm going to go into the second question, right? Which is happiness. And then, you know, in my book, I put a Y, you know, I always like to tell the audience, people tell me still to this day, you spelled it wrong. And I say, I did it for a reason. So go get my book and figure it out. Um, (laughs) But what does happiness mean to you? Like, what does that look like for you? On a daily basis, like, you know, everybody's different, but the same in a lot of ways, right? Like we figure out what that looks like for us. And I think happiness is, but I'm going to let you, and we'll talk about it after, but like, what does happiness mean to you? Knowing I put the why in the happiness. Well, 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 happiness is an inside job. And just, and just like you said, (laughs) it's, it's everybody's unique. So what makes me happy might not make you happy. We might have some similar stuff that makes both of us happy, but there might be a whole bunch of things that make me happy that you're like, yeah, no, I could do without that. Maybe the obstacle course racing. I don't know. (laughs) That makes me happy. Um, 
happy to me. Like I said, it's an inside job. It's all about me or you. <laughs> if you want to put your why there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, I mean, there's all, I, I, I'm happy every day, even, even when I'm having miserable days. And what I mean by that is that even if I'm having a down day, everybody has a down day, right? I mean, it's, it's life. There's stuff that happens all the time. And when you do that hundred percent responsibility piece and like you, you start catching the, oh man, do I really have to get up and do this again today? And all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, no, I get to do this again today. And you shift your mindset and all of a sudden what was, you know, upset, depressing, stressed or whatever, you're like, look, I get to do this. This is now I'm happy. I I get my happiness from knowing that I get to do what I do every day, that I get to help other people, that I get to live a life that, you know, I I like, I I love my life. And, you know, it, it took me a while to actually be able to say that. You know, cause there was a time when it was like, really, is this it? Seriously? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I agree. Everybody got, I, I went through that in my recovery of five years. I went through a severe depression, you know, and it was like, how can I feel this way when everything's going really good? You know what I mean? So I didn't understand it. I had to go get help of course. And, but I've learned along the way, like to understand that happiness, no one's going to make me happy. Right. Like not even my wife, uh, not my children, not my, well, I can say my grandchildren. Yeah. They make me very happy. I get to be a grandfather, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, I have to create my own happiness. Right. So if I work on that happiness, what really happens is I get that joy that comes with it and joy is lasting. Happiness is fleeting, right? We know that you could be happy one second guy cuts you off on the freeway and you're like, Oh my God, he took my lane position. That's it. I'm going to chase him down the freeway. Um, but you get what I'm, that's extreme. And I've done that in the past, but you get what I'm saying. Um, like now it's just, you know, being still and knowing that I'm on this earth for a reason. And, you know, I have these amazing friends like Regina, you know, that teach me and hopefully I can teach them something, but that's how we, that's, that's how we get connected, right? That's what connection is all about is helping each other. And Regina's helped me many times without her, with her knowing and without her knowing it, you know, I I get to follow her on Facebook and stuff like that and and see what she's doing. Um, So Regina, yeah, happiness is definitely a choice. I could sit and wallow in my, you know what, and and be like, you know, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) The world sucks. Nobody loves me. Or I could be like, But, you know, like Regina says, I get to and, you know, she knows I started that when I was going through 75 hard and, you know, I would talk about how I would go numb from the waist down because my back or, you know, it's and I would say I get to do this stuff. And it's funny because I started kind of like a movement now, like some of the people that I know in that network, they go, hey, Max, you're the get to guy. Right. And I had to remind myself, like, I get to be sober. I get to have this podcast, I get to have friends like Regina, right? Because nothing is promised. And when I shift that mindset to like that positive psychology, right? Instead of why me, why not me? Right? There's a reason I'm going through this stuff, right? So God wants me to learn a lesson, like I like to say, so I need to keep my eyes and ears open and my brain open and, and learn it. And 
the beauty of it when I do that is I get people like Regina in my life that will point something out if I say something like, hey, you just said that again. Where's that coming from? Right. I know she will. So, you know, it's been a, you know, always it's an honor for you to come on here and be a guest. Um, you know, there's a reason we met through Lonnie and stuff and that we continue to be friends. Um, so let the audience know um, where if they want to work with you, Regina, like where would they find you? The best place to find me right now is on my Facebook group page, which is the Harmony and Balance Connection for Women. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's many men in the group. I know it's called the Harmony and Balance Connection <laughs> for Women. I also talk with men and work with men as well as Max, as you well know. <laughs> so, that is true. That's a true statement. It, 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 it was named that way because of a niche that I was working in and we just wow. kept the name. And um, yeah, in that group um, is all my contact information, my, my email, my website, everything that you need to know about me is right in that group. And since so many people are on Facebook, that's usually the easiest way. If you're not on Facebook for some reason, which uh, I, I do know a few people who are not on Facebook, my email is Regina at autumnascent.com as in like fall, autumn, <laughs> autumn ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T.com. And um, feel free to contact or email me. Well, here's a little funny, right? So she laughs when she says autumn. So if you're from California, we might go, what does that mean? Because we don't get to see four seasons like she does. <laughs> <laughs> and fall is my favorite season too. <laughs> I grew up in New England. It's A-U-T-U-M-N. Um, so yeah. Awesome, Regina. Again, thank you so much for, for coming on and being a guest. It was such an thank honor to have you. Me. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh, but Regina's followed me. She knows I've gone through some crazy stuff this last eight to nine months, you know, and whatever. And like I said, we lost a, you know, it was weird because when we lost Lonnie, as close as, you know, it, it really messed me up for a minute, you know, and I disappeared from Facebook for, you know, and then you know, his voice popped in the head, like, why are you hiding out? Like, that's not what I taught you to do. You know what I mean? And, you know, for the audience, he was just a wonderful human being. Regina will tell you, um, he believed in us sometimes, I think more than we believed in ourselves. And, and that's what made him such a great human being. And that's why I'm honored to have, you know, Regina as a friend, because I think because of Lonnie and Chris, right, and what they started, it brought all these amazing people that we know together now, as friends, right? Not only are we trying to build businesses, we all become friends, you know, and, and that's what I love. So any last parting words that you want to give the audience, Regina? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to point out because you know, you know, I, as you said, I will, you're not trying to build a business, you are building a business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, she caught me again. I am building a business. She's building a building. business. We're all building businesses. Um, any last other words that you know, parting thoughts that you can leave the audience besides that, like how awesome you are. Just, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, I let other people judge for themselves. If they think I'm awesome, think I'm not awesome. Everybody has their own. They either, they either relate with me or they don't relate with me either way. It's okay. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You are the creator of your life. If you're not in a spot where you're happy, if you're not, if you haven't found your fearless happiness yet, Remember, you can always write a new book. You can write a new chapter. You can write a new line. Just get started. Absolutely. And that's the key, right? Just get started. 
Wow. Thank you. This was a great episode. I appreciate you, Regina, and I know I will be talking to you soon. So thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.